you know, you can't say to the person, talk to me, talk to me right now, because that's probably going to just make the person more anxious, more upset and close down even more. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I want to wish you and your family a very special holiday this season. And this week, Dr. Karen Sherman returns to help couples deal with the silent treatment. What do you do? How do you respond? Dr. Karen Sherman has the answers. Stay tuned. We have a ridiculous limited time wine club special going on right now. Go ahead, open your browser while you're listening to this. Visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link to find out the details. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, She is the author of uh, many best-selling books. Uh, She has a program out called From Fight to Foreplay. You can get uh, info on that at fromfighttoforeplay.com. She has her own podcast on the sex talk radio network called Your Empowered Relationships. And with all of that going on, she still makes time to come on uh, regularly just about every week uh, with us to share her insights. So thank you so much, Karen. My pleasure, Steve. You know that. (laughs) Okay, so let's... um, Let's talk about a common scenario that takes place within marriage. Well, this is, I guess this is part of the, the questions that I have for you is if it is a common thing. Um, but I do know that people still experience it because they are looking for these answers on hitchmag.com. So the question I'm referring to is uh, dealing with silent treatment. And so I suppose we should start first by asking why one spouse would react this way uh, like, why would they deliver the silent treatment? You know, I, I tend to think that when somebody does that, it's really an approach or a reaction that they learned in childhood. Um, it could be either that their parents gave them the silent treatment or something that they did when they were a kid and uh, somehow their parents reacted to them a certain way, but it's something that's probably an old pattern uh, that they used to use and it just, they've continued to do it. Um, it's a way really to get attention. Mm, okay. So, so it, I mean, the, the, the easy takeaway from that would be this is something that they had experienced while they were, that they experienced success with when they were younger. Because I'm assuming if they did it when they were younger and it didn't work, they probably would have stopped doing it. Would yes. that be a correct assumption? Yes. Okay. Or as I said, they may have experienced it as their parents did it to them. Ah. And that's what they learned as, well, when you're upset, you just shut down. Got it. Okay. Okay. It, wait, one more possibility. Oh, okay. Yeah. Our possibility also is that sometimes when people are flooded with emotions, there's just so much of it that they don't know how to sort it out. And so the reaction instead is to shut down. Okay. So, I mean, because I, 
you know, maybe this is just me, but I kind of take this in a, um, like the silent treatment to me seems to be like an immature response. Um, but I suppose it could also, like as you're presenting it in this manner where there's just too much information, um, it might be a healthy, mature response rather than saying something that you would later regret. Um, you you shut down so that you can gather your thoughts. I mean, is that a an appropriate assumption to make? Well, yes and no. Um, I think you're right that it would be better to not just sort of spill out all these inappropriate statements, but I think that what would be better is if you said, there's just too much going on for me right now and I can't talk. So that's no longer the silent treatment. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that that would be the healthiest, the most mature, the most effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, in looking as to why does it happen, it can either be, as I start to say, something that's a throwback from when you're a kid or because you've got this flooding of emotions. But regardless, um, when you are not saying anything, um, I don't think that that's, you know, your healthiest, most effective way of communicating because mm-hmm. you're not communicating. You're, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, do you know, is there any research or anything out there or just based on your um, your experience and in, in, in dealing with this, how typical the silent treatment is uh, yeah. between couples? Um, I I don't, I, I really can't give you any research on it. I know that it does happen fairly regularly and I know that it's pretty devastating because basically the message you're sending is you don't exist. You know, it's almost like you're just not there. Um, so it, it really feels pretty awful when you're the recipient of the silent treatment. Okay. Now, if you know your spouse has a tendency to do this, because I'm assuming this is not something that somebody would do one time and then never do it again. You're correct. Uh, can, can you prevent them from uh, responding in this way when things, you know, happen in the relationship? I don't think you can prevent it. I think, you know, that at, at some point, certainly, you know, when it's a quiet time or whatever, you can express your feelings and say, look, you know, when this happens, this is how it makes me feel. It makes me feel like um, I don't matter to you. It makes me feel like I don't exist. It really throws me for a loop. And, you know, can you tell me why it happens? You know, um, can we talk about some other methods that might be, um, you know, not quite so devastating to me? Um, but a lot of times, especially if it's this automatic reaction, um, just like any other automatic reaction, it happens in the moment and it's very quick. And so it's going to be real hard to prevent it. Um, you know, possibly when it's actually happening, you might say, you know, it's really feeling awful to me that you're not talking. Remember, we discussed this you know, see perhaps in the next few minutes if you can, you know, or in the near future, if you can, you know, try to, you know, talk about this and try to open up a little bit to me. But I don't know that you can prevent it or see it coming because I think it's sort of an automatic reaction that happens. Okay. So, uh, and I guess we can get to this in a minute. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it would be something that you and your spouse would work on to move to, to make that so that's not the response, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. It, if, if you, um, if your spouse is delivering the silent treatment to you, 
what is a healthy, productive way that you can speak to them um, and I guess express your displeasure with the silent treatment that you're currently receiving um, because I'm, I'm assuming if they're already reacting this way, something has gone wrong, right? And they're not happy. Uh, so w- what can you say or do at that moment to, uh, I guess, move forward? Um, or maybe now is not the time to express how this doesn't make you happy because that might just upset them more. I don't, so what, what should your response be if you're on the receiving end of this, I guess, is the simplest way to ask that question. Um, I well, as I said, you can you know if you've had this discussion previously, and you could just say you know, you know Bob, um, we this is feeling really uncomfortable to me, and you know perhaps in the very you know in the next few minutes or hours you could come and open up to me, and I'd really appreciate that, and then just leave it be. You know you can't say to the person, talk to me, talk to me right now because that's probably going to just make the person more anxious, more upset, and close down even more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could just let it be. I mean, the other thing you could say is, you know, Bob, we talked about this, and if you're not ready to talk, that's fine. Um, when you're ready, you know, I'm here. And then just go about your business, which basically is not enabling it, that you're not sitting around like, oh, come on, talk to me, you know, what is it, you know, because then basically you're sort of giving into what the person is doing. Um, so if you just say, look, clearly you're upset and I'm ready to talk when you're ready to talk and then just walk out of the room or just, you know, so you, you acknowledge that the person is upset, but you don't get caught up in that, oh, come on, talk to me kind of thing, just upset mm-hmm. I'm ready to talk to you I'm available to talk to you you know when when you're ready let me know mm, okay and and I guess the to step even uh, earlier than that would be the conversation that a couple uh, should have in an effort to prevent this from taking place to begin with uh, so if, if this seems to be a pattern that uh, you and your spouse are con- – when, whenever you get into an argument, uh, you, it, you know, it usually starts off pretty good and then it devolves and uh, the one spouse you know, shuts down, closes the door, and just doesn't talk to you. And you know, it, I guess is there a way – are there things that you can do to prevent that from happening to begin with? To, like how would you move forward? So that isn't the response that you're getting. Well, you know, now you're getting into a whole thing of how do you start to have a discussion where you're managing your conflict well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that has to do with active listening and each person being aware of the bodily symptoms that they're getting so they realize that they're getting upset and, you know, starting to talk about, well, this is really upsetting me and I realize that, you know, um, this is, um, I don't feel like I'm being heard and stuff like that. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that really should be, that one or both of them should be aware of before it gets to that point where they're just shutting down. Um, But, you know, if you're having a talk about this in the hopes of preventing it happening, then you would talk about, okay, so what can we do in the future? You know, when, when you shut down, what's happening for you? 
And the person could say, you know, I do that because I just feel like you're not hearing me. Or I do that because I've come to the end of my rope. Uh, or I do that. I, I don't know why I do that, you know, whatever. So again, when it happens the next time, the person can reflect back and say, you know, I remember when we talked about this, you said you didn't feel like I was hearing you. Was there something that just happened where you felt like I wasn't hearing you? Or when we spoke last time, you said that you shut down because you felt like there was so much going on. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? So in other words, you go back to that conversation where you were trying to unpack it, mm -hmm. when um, not when it happened, you reflect that back. But if the person is just going to keep reacting, it's just an old reaction, then you go to look, you know, if this is just going to be your default reaction, then fine. When you're ready to talk, I'm here. I'm, I'm available. But I'm not going to just you know, get into this with you. So I think there's two conversations, basically. Okay. There's the one where you try to be talking about it, to try to understand why the person is having the reaction. And then when it happens, you use that information to address it. And if the person says to you, I don't know, I just get like this, then maybe the person needs to get some counseling as to why they're having that reaction. Yeah, I mean, as you were explaining some of the preventive measures that a couple could take, I mean, that's some serious conversation skills that need to go on there and listening skills uh, and then having that recollection when it does happen again in the future to be able to pull that out. Yeah. And uh, I mean, th that's that's some serious stuff. Um, so w I, I know we're uh, getting close to – finishing here but um so the silent treatment itself um i know it could vary as well in terms of how long it lasts um some couples just need That's... a couple minutes and some couples will go uh, a 24 hours or longer oh, not talking to days. their spouse yeah days um so is does that does that type of length um like, is there a severity that's associated with the length? Does, does, does it mean like if you, if you don't talk for 24 hours, does that mean the wound or whatever is deeper than somebody who doesn't talk for 10 minutes? I mean, is there a correlation between any of that or is it just that somebody? Depends. Yeah, I think it depends on the couple. You know, I mean, I've worked with couples where the mate has been really kind of very flipping about and says, oh, you know, she's not talking to me again. You know, like yeah. we go again and they just become accustomed to it and, and, and that's that. And then I've had other couples where it's like, can you believe that he actually stopped talking to me? We didn't talk for like three hours. Can you believe that? So it really just depends on, who, you know, who the people are and, and how they react to it. Um, you know, if let's say you've got one mate who shuts down and it's to a person who as a child experienced their parents shutting down, that's going to be a lot more devastating because then you're actually triggering an experience they had that felt so awful to them as a kid. So again, it, you know, we can't have a hard and fast rule. Yeah. Um, and again, in the non-provocative time when you're having a discussion about this, I think it's important for the couple to say, 
you know, when you do this, this reminds me of something that used to happen to me when I was a kid, and it's devastating to me. So we really have to try to work out, you know, some kind of a, you know, a system. Even if you would say to me, I'm just overwhelmed and I just need a little time, that's fine. I can live with that. You know, so it really is going to be where they're going to have to work out an understanding between them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I that you bring up a really great point because a lot of times in, in these type of situations, we forget that there's two parties involved with two sets of emotions, two histories yes. uh, that can be unraveled when this type of stuff goes on. Um, I, I did have one final question for you. So the... I, I like to think of things and the I mean I've obviously I love this preventive maintenance stuff right like I mean this is what hitched is all about trying to prevent fights from ever even happening in the first place so people could live happily ever after um, but I also like to think of hitched as like a modern marriage tool and that we can offer advice that may not have been thought of before or uh, wasn't an option. 20 years ago. And so the thing that I'm thinking of now, and you know, there might've been, well, there were other ways of doing this, but I'm just curious if this would be effective. Uh, your, your spouse delivers you the silent treatment. Um, but everybody has their cell phone on them today. Mm -hmm. Would it be beneficial or do you think couples would do it? Um, if yeah, they're not talking to you, but they'll send you a little text message that just says like, they're not going to tell you that they're being overwhelmed by emotions, but maybe they might text you that, I, I just can't talk right now, but you know, something like that, they te like texting as a, as a, I guess as a, like a buffer or the initial conduit to regain some of that conversation that you're missing out on. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that, but I'm going to answer you and say, it will depend again on the couple. Yeah. Um, you know, if, you know, one couple could say, hear it as, okay, you know, here was the offer or here was the apology. Um, I'm not going to go into details, but recently there was a little bit of an issue that happened with my daughter and I, and then she called and she said something and it was in no way, um, I'm sorry, but I knew her comment was a way of her apologizing to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for one person that might be okay. The text was great. Another person might say, really? Are you kidding me? You think that's going to suffice instead of talking to me? Mm. So I think it's a great idea, but it's going to depend on, you know, who the people are and how it's received. I've got no problem with it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Cause, cause you're right. A lot of people, um, I mean, you see this even with things that, um, aren't bad, uh, you know, somebody saying, a, you know, sending a, a thank you text, for example, instead of saying thank you in person. Some people are offended by that. Like, right. what do you mean you said thanks? I didn't get, I didn't hear you say thank you. Well, I sent you the message. Yeah. Th that was your, you know, that was your gratitude, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and other people are like, yeah, totally. Thank you. I, I really appreciate your response. <laughs> so you're right. It does, it does depend. Um, and this is the, you know, this is the tricky thing because we see headlines and different things out there that are so definitive in, in the, in the, in the knowledge and the answer, like, this is how you do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, for, you know, some people, <laughs> yeah. for other well, people, no. That's how they sell the newspapers. They I 
I know, and you know, and I and I know Hitch does some things along those lines, but the articles that we provide are definitely more nuanced, and clearly these conversations are more nuanced and offer uh, some of that gray area that most of these issues fall into. I mean. I mean, you know, if you told somebody to go tell me what color the sky is, you're going to get different shades of blue. You know, people aren't even going to agree on the blue color. So, right. Um, well, this was great, Karen. Um, uh, fantastic advice as always. And I hope this was helpful uh, for our listeners here. Uh, so I want to thank you very much for your time. And as always, look forward to doing it again soon. Me too. Um, So before we uh, sign off here, I want to remind everybody, you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist for over 25 years. Uh, She is the author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. She is also the uh, author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Uh, You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, I mentioned she has her own podcast on the Sex Talk Radio Network. It is called Your Empowered Relationships. She has a program out for all you couples to uh, flip those arguments around. Uh, It is called From Fight to Foreplay, and you can get uh, all the information on that at the website fromfighttoforeplay.com, and that is all spelled out. Uh, Of course, you can find this information on our website, hitchmag.com. We... Uh, You can follow us, message us, ask us questions on the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Google+, Instagram. Uh, So be sure to check that out. And um, yeah, if you guys have any thoughts, ideas, recommendations, we love hearing from you. We love the feedback. Um, And uh, I think that is, uh, I think that's about it for us this week. So one last time. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. That's going to do it. Take care, everybody. 